Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 400. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. Thank you to our lead sponsor, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com, where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 400. Our first sponsor spotlight goes to Northwest Green Panels. Based in Madras, Oregon, Northwest Green Panels designs and constructs a wide array of wood-framed greenhouses, offering versatility, style, and durability. Their greenhouses are 100% Oregon-made, using twin-wall polycarbonate manufactured in Wisconsin, making Northwest Green Panels structures a great value for your backyard. The 8x8-foot modern slant greenhouse has become the essential hub of my cutting garden. Check out photos of my greenhouse in today's show notes or visit Northwest Green Panels at nwgreenpanels.com to see more. Our theme for 2019, 50 States of Slow Flowers, continues today with farmer florist Jessica Broyles of Starry Fields Farm based in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So listen for our conversation at the close of this episode. And thanks to a small but fabulous network of flower people in Canada, I'm so happy to say that the Slow Flowers community is taking hold across the country in numerous provinces. I'm very jazzed to welcome today's guest, Becky Feesby of Prairie Girl Flowers, based in Calgary, Alberta. She's helping me kick off the 10 provinces of Slow Flowers, our sister series to the 50 states of Slow Flowers. Over this coming year, I'll bring you voices from members in as many Canadian provinces as we can find. As we discuss in this episode, Becky and I originally met at the Whidbey Flower Workshop in 2018, where organizer Toby Nelson invited me to return and teach a creative writing module for the second time. Over that three-day period, I enjoyed getting to know Becky, and I was swept up by her infectious personality and her embrace of Slow Flowers' values. Since she has joined Slow Flowers, it has been rewarding and fascinating to watch Becky develop her platform as an activist for sustainable design practices and local flower sourcing in Calgary and beyond. When Florist Review acquired Canadian Florist Magazine at the end of last year, I was eager to connect Becky with the editors, and as a result, she's begun to contribute stories to that publication. Her first piece appeared in the March-April issue entitled Slow Flowers Are Blooming in Canada. It's a beautiful piece. I'll share the link to that story in our show notes for today's episode at deborahprinzing.com. Here's more about Becky, excerpted from Prairie Girl Flowers' website. 
Becky is a passionate gardener florist who creates natural arrangements centered on the vibrant colors and textures that make up life on the Canadian prairies. She takes great care in selecting materials for floral commissions and designs and uses as many locally sourced products as possible in an effort to reduce waste and cut back on the use of plants and flowers that need to travel long distances to reach Calgary. Dedicated to seasonal flowers, Becky loves collaborating with farmers, growers, and other creatives in her community. She believes that ethical and sustainable floristry involves looking at not only how and where flowers are sourced, but also considering the waste generated by designs and packaging. Like other agricultural crops, she wants the floral industry to examine not only the carbon footprint of flowers, but also their use of pesticides, water polluting activities, exploitation in the supply chain, and waste. Becky completed her gardening and landscape design training in New York, Calgary, and Chicago, and she completed the floral design program at Mount Royal University. She has also completed workshop training with many incredible innovative florists and growers who support the foam-free and slow flowers movements. Becky previously worked as the horticultural therapist at Alberta Children's Hospital, where she oversaw the design and management of five acres of gardens. In creating Prairie Girl Flowers, she wanted to utilize all of her training to bring sustainable beauty to Calgarians and to cultivate a change in the floral industry, a change that makes florals better for the planet and creates opportunities for clients to make a conscious choice that supports local growers and the environment. Let's get ready for a lively conversation with quite a bit of laughter, and please help me welcome Becky Feesby to the Slow Flowers Podcast. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited to have my special guest today, Becky Feesby. Hi, Becky. Hi, Deborah. Oh, you're so great to have you here. (laughs) Becky owns, yeah, Becky owns uh, Prairie Girl Flowers in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Mm -hmm. And I'm joking with her that she's my kickoff guest for. 10 provinces of slow flowers, the sister series to 50 states of slow flowers. Perfect. <laughs> but it's so fun to do this in person. Yes. And we're here, sure. we're here at, on Whidbey Island yeah. uh, for Toby Nelson's Whidbey Flower yes. Workshop. And so good. That's where we met last. It is. No, we did. did we, we met, meet? yes, we met last year here. At the first time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we met in, in BC with Hitomi later. Yes. Right. So thanks for sitting down with oh, me. Please. You're My do- pleasure. <laughs> yeah. You're doing such cool things. I wanted people to meet you and know that um, it. you may be in a colder zone than many people listening, for but sure. there are yeah. lots of flowers there. And Loads, yeah. So Becky, give us a snapshot of, of Prairie Girl Flowers. What is that? How do you slice and dice that business? And sure. where do you live in that universe? Um, so I live... Fully immersed in the slow flowers universe, for sure. I only use flowers grown in Alberta or BC, in my case. Wow. um, In my work year-round, so never an import. Um, You know, I would happily get some flowers from Ontario if that was a Mm -hmm. thing, but it's not really a thing. If if they established a a pipeline, you mean? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, So everything I use is either grown in Alberta, often by me or by local growers, and then uh, greenhouse grown in BC mm-hmm. at, with some field grown stuff, mm-hmm. obviously during the growing mm-hmm. season. And Calgary is the biggest city in Alberta, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We have just over a million people. Okay. Yeah. So a big market for you then. Yes. Yeah. Um, so your, your growing scale is increasing, but you didn't start out to be a flower farmer, did you? No, okay. I did not. Yeah. No, I started out uh, just almost 20 years ago as a landscape designer um, that was like a post-university gig. Um, so I started doing that, ran a little business, 
uh, on totally on my own, just doing small scale res- residential design and installations in Calgary. I did that for about five or six years. And um, during that time, we lived in New York City for a year. And so I started taking more and more classes. Oh. Then I started taking horticultural therapy. Mm. So I, I remember right. reading about it in the New York Botanic Garden course catalog. Right. And they so I read the certificate program. Yes. Right? Okay. So I read the description and I'm like, oh my God, this is everything I love wrapped up into one discipline that I didn't even know existed. Wow. So I started building some really great connections in New York uh, with Nancy Chambers and Gwen Fried, who worked at, at the Rusk. Uh, Institute in New York, a, a rehab hospital, and taught at the New York Botanic Garden. So I did as much as I could that year I lived there, moved back to Calgary, had to wait a little while till I could find some more programming, mm-hmm. right? So I did eventually finish a certificate program. Um, and then serendipitously, our children's hospital was moving to a really stunning location in Calgary, building a huge new facility. And they had this quote, these are my air quotes, healing gardens program. And so I inserted myself into that. <laughs> you know, well, let me tell you how to heal. Yes, right. I'm like, well, I'm like, FYI, if you have a healing gardens program, you should probably have someone who understands what that means and who can do it. Like a professional horticultural Correct. therapist. Exactly. Yeah. Were and, you the first person in, in uh, Alberta to kind of have that mantle? Uh, the, no, there was a few others that were working at seniors homes mm. and a few other places. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the first that I knew of sort of working in that acute care setting. There was somebody up in Edmonton doing something too, but, mm-hmm. but this pretty, was pretty new. It, for sure new. And there is no degree or diploma programs in Canada for heart therapy. There are in the States. So mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of us, right? Yeah. So I got myself in there. Um, and then started designing all the, there were no healing gardens, by the way. When I got was it just like a plot of land? Yeah. Yeah. There was like five or six acres surrounding wow. the hospital, but there was no, there were no flowers. There was a lot of dead trees mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it was just a barren sort of landscape that, you know, they were calling the healing gardens, but I'm like, there's nothing healing about mm-hmm. these. So I worked there for, um, five years and implemented all of the programs at the hospital. So with patients indoors, outdoors, in all patient areas. Oh my gosh. I worked like intimately with infection control, people establishing, you know, policies and procedures for what we were doing. And then I designed gardens with kids because wow. I thought this needs to speak to them and, and with parents. You mean they co-designed with you? Yes, wow. exactly. Yeah. Because I thought I'm not going to design these. Right. Right. It needs to make sense. You're not the user. I'm not the user. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was amazing. And then uh, I took a little break from working to sort of get my girls through junior high and high school and stuff like that. And then took an interest in fresh flowers. I was still doing my big garden. I have about a third of an acre. So I was doing all of that and, you know, doing container planting uh, year round. And and, and you had a, did you have a landscape design business with a different name than Prairie Girl? I did. It was called Stepping Stones. That was years ago though. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, so I was trying to figure out like, what's my next gig, Mm -hmm. right? What do I want to do? So I, I started taking a bit of an interest in fresh flowers and designing that and, and thinking, all right. So I signed up for a course at Mount Royal University in Calgary, which is where they have the floral design program. And with like the first class, I was horrified. <laughs> I can only imagine. Right. Pretty and, conventional. Oh, ridiculously conventional. I was like the squeaky wheel in the class saying, I don't understand. What do you mean? All these flowers are coming from, you know, Colombia and South Africa and 
Holland, I'm like, that's ridiculous. Why are they all wrapped in plastic? Mm-hmm. Why do I keep getting handed this brick of foam? Mm-hmm. Um, How, what year was that that you did that? That was, okay, so we're 2019. That was 2017. Oh. This is not that long ago. Wow. Yeah. The rebel rouser. Oh, right. Well, and I knew the horrors of floral foam when I worked at the hospital because I had to research, like I had the material safety data sheets Mm. for every product I use. So if sometimes a florist would say, here's a case of foam, I'm going to donate it to your program. And I'd be like, no, thank you. Yeah. Because I know it has formaldehyde and carbon black and I can't risk exposing sick people. Right. And it's, and dust. Right. Right. I was not. At that time, I knew it was a single-use plastic, but that wasn't my reason for refusing it. It was different in that acute care it setting. Was, it was more right? the ingredients. Human health. Yeah. yeah. And so so I never used it. So these floral instructors oh, at the college were just... Handing us bricks of foam. But they didn't know what to do with you. No. No. Because <laughs> I would say, no, 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 I don't want that. Right? Like, I'll just... I'll figure this out. And they were like, no, like, that's not what we're doing. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was your classmate. I well, would have been like, do you? I would have been egging you on <laughs> yes, for the better. Right, yes. So, so then I I did a little bit of the program, and then I thought I'm not finishing this because mm-hmm. this is a waste. Of my and plus, and plus, obviously, you. I always say that design is design. Like you'd already designed gardens, you knew yeah. the basics of design, right? On a different scale with floral, right? Right. Yeah. And I was very intimately familiar with flowers. Like I didn't need to know. The cult of flower names, yeah. no, and or any of that, and and so, so anyways, that so I stopped that, and then I I came home sort of horrified and said to my husband, like, did you have any idea? And he's like, no, I didn't, right? <laughs> Why would he? Yeah, right. He's like, it's not really my thing to know. <laughs> so, so I immediately started sort of getting on the internet and thinking, trying to figure this out. Yeah. Um. So. You know, I was Googling local flowers. I was Googling, you know, Canadian plastic grown. in flower oh. industry. Mm. I started Googling Canadian grown. Then I thought to myself, there are slow foods. I know about slow foods. I know about slow clothing, right? I know about this. And so I just typed in slow flowers. What? 100%. You never told me that. Yes. And then <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> There's, There's slow flowers. This is a thing. <laughs> it's already done. <laughs> And so I believe... I love you yeah. for telling me that story. <laughs> no, no, it's very true. And I'm like, But that Look. just shows how progressive you are. Because some... I, I still always floors me when people don't know of slow food. And not right. just in North America, but I mean, obviously it started in Italy. Right, but yeah. I, I thought that was pretty widely known. If you're it's, in the culinary well, world, for sure. Well, for sure. And and I, you know, read our local magazines that, that advocated for slow foods and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So, I mean, it was just... It's out there, that yeah. information. So then I'm like, holy, here we go. Yeah. Look at this. Here's this gal, Deborah, and she's getting her done. And hmm. so I'm not sure if I emailed you at that point. I don't think I did. And I think I started, you know, just poking around. Who, who, yeah, farting around your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally poking around. Then I came across a picture of Toby Nelson. And it might have been on your website. It might have been on your Instagram feed. I'm not sure. And so I started reading about her. And I'm like, oh, she's like a hardcore foam-free advocate. Mm-hmm. And I love the Seattle area. And then I saw that she had offered a workshop in 2017. So I emailed her. And I'm like, hey, like, I'm from Calgary. Please tell me you're operating. You know, you're going to offer this workshop next year in 2018. 
And she's like, well, you know, I'm not sure yet. I remember that. Yeah. She I was, don't know. She was like, a few people have asked, I guess I better do this again. Right. And you were instigating that. Yes. And so then I'm like, well, just like, you should do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you me. should like really do this. Like a private, <laughs> intensive, two-day extravaganza for me. Oh my gosh. And so I would sort of harass her and be like in a very supportive way, but yeah. like I'm in. Yeah. You have my full attention, right? Wow. So I came down here last year and then I was like, these are my people. April of 2018. Yes, 18. And Joseph Massey and Sue McCleary. Yeah, exactly. And, and Toby yeah, all and just you. embraced That's when you. I met you. Well, yeah. and I embraced them. Like I was like, these, these are the people that are doing design things that resonate with me, mm-hmm. that make sense to me, that are in line with my values and with also my aesthetic and all of it. Right. So by the time you came last year Mm -hmm. to, uh, when we met, had you already formed Prairie Girl? I had formed Prairie Girl Flowers. So there's sort of a parallel track going on there. Totally. Yeah. It was all sort of like just all going at the same time. Right. Like I'm going to start this business. I'm going to, this is the way I'm going to do it. Um, and I'm going to buy a flower truck was my thought. So I found one, a, a beat up old food truck on Kijiji what is that? Do you have it? Oh, maybe it's maybe it's only Canadian. Oh, is it thing. like a Craigslist thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's it's it's. At first, it's, I thought you meant like the name of the street. No. Oh. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. Kijiji is our like Craigslist. Yeah, like your online classifieds. <laughs> right. And so a food truck, like what someone had been vending hot dogs out of, or something. Yes. Like that. Except that the nice thing was they hadn't. So there was no deep fryer. There was no freezer. There was nothing that like I junk. didn't want. Mm-hmm. Right. It was just a blank slate. So I bargained the guy down on that. Um, it looked gross and awful sitting outside of my house for the whole winter. And then I started the process of making it beautiful. And so now it's wow. amazing. And I Will you to, share pictures? Yes, for sure. So that is the kind of your rolling billboard then? Yes, totally. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what does it say? Does it say Prairie Girl Flowers? It says Prairie Girl Flowers, and then it says Local, Sustainable, Beautiful. So that was sort of my my mantra from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything I use will be local, it will all be sustainable, and of course it will be beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where do you, do you, it's not set up like with regular retail hours though, right? Okay. So So it's a market, farmer's markets, um, uh, festivals and events, right? Where there'll be food trucks and other vendors and whatever, I'll be there. Um, I'm hopefully going to get going back to the children's hospital every other week during the growing oh. season so that I can sell bouquets there. Oh, neat. Yeah. Do they which, have a flower shop No, the they don't. Really? So, yeah. So, so that would fitting. be mostly, yeah, mostly staff would probably buy my stuff, right? Um, some would go back to patient But they rooms. know you. They know me. Yeah. And um, I'm also um, totally in line with their infection control procedures, mm. so they don't have to worry about... Right? So infection control, just, mm. I meant to ask this earlier, yeah. is it sort of like... Um, any kind of uh, allergens or even something worse uh, like uh, pesticides or fumigants or whatever. Pesticides would be a, an issue, okay. but they would be more concerned, for example, with fresh flowers about the standing water mm. in a room, right? Mm. Because you can get molds, aspergillus, okay. various things. And if you're dealing with patients that are immunocompromised, that can be a problem. Okay, so you However, just have to be careful. You just have to be careful, but there's never been a documented case of a hospital-borne infection from flower water. Interesting. Ever. So you're just it's one of those things. Yeah, totally. And so I have all the articles and information that I need to sort of advocate. And we have a plan in place to mitigate issues wow. and whatever. So it'll be fine. Sort of a niche for, for flower concern, but, but yeah. obviously it could be a big thing if there's... Oh, if you have a patient with, you know, cancer who's had a bone marrow transplant, whose immune system is shot, I mean, you don't even really want that kid eating an apple. Wow. Do you know what I mean? You'd rather them have a McDonald's hamburger, which sounds 
terrible. But you know, there's, you know what I mean? Nothing on the skin. Right. There's no, no risk of any, I don't know. I know you don't mean that. There's risk of death, I feel like, from McDonald's hamburger, but not in this case. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I uh, got you off track. Sorry. No, no. So, um, the truck when did the truck have its debut? The truck had its debut last June, so June 2018 at our big Lilac Festival in oh, Calgary. Oh, So wow. that was good, and people really liked it, and yeah. it's... It's playful and it's, urban. Yeah, and it's fun, right? And you have, like, a door that opens on the side, and you pop yeah, your head out? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, just like you'd serve food out. And so so it was good, and I, and I learned some things about how I want to rejig it. So this year I'm having um, a wheelchair-accessible... Uh, platform mm. so, so that people can pay and 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 get flowers off of that table which that is will be, closer to the ground right yeah. exactly so that there's no you know staring up at yeah. that you know in food trucks that window's quite high up right right so i'm i'm because to me accessibility is also a sustainability piece it is right yeah. so so doing a few things like that and uh yeah, pimping it up a bit more. Um, oh, pimping it up. Yeah, my yeah. friend Marianne uses this phrase, tarting it up. Yeah, tarting. Yeah, tarting, <laughs> pimping. <laughs> they go together. Not ideal, but whatever. Um, so you're, that's one channel of, of yes. business. Now, yep. are you, uh, have you started doing weddings and events? Yes, yep. How's so that I, going? Great. Wow. So I've, I did, I think, seven or eight weddings last year. I already have 14 booked for what? this year. Some of them are very small. Wow. You know, I just got an email yesterday from a couple that are flying in from Australia um, and they need two boutonnieres because mm. they're getting married. Mm-hmm. They're marrying each other. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do two boutonnieres, wow. right? Wow. So I don't have I don't have a minimum yeah. because I sort of believe in... If, There's if, a flower for everybody. Kind there of really thing. is, yeah. right? And then, But then I do some big ones with big installations and yeah. And the f- fact that you've just like gone like zero to 60 on this yeah. or more, <laughs> yeah. it, just part of it, your personality. You right, know, yeah, you know, I'm a pretty, bitch. Yeah. High energy. Yes. I would say. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how you and Toby are so good together. That's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Match set. Feed off each other's <laughs> yes. buzzing. But it sounds like it's it's what why would why would you go slow? I mean, you have a shortened growing season. You have to maximize every minute yes. available of flowers to right. from seed to, to harvest. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Uh so what is that season? Uh so I mean Stuff is starting to come up in my perennial borders at home now, right? We have no bulbs blooming yet, no bulb like bulbs barely poking their heads okay. through it, right? And, it, and we're talking like the middle of April, right? Okay. So we sort of look at our frost-free days in Calgary, anyways, as sort of the May our May long weekend in Canada, which is around May twenty fourth, okay. May twentieth. Um, to this is the crapshoot part. Last year we had a mega snowfall on I think it was September fourteenth, mm. so which is wow. unusual. Yeah, but we could easily get all the way through past Canadian Thanksgiving, which right. is early October. Which would right, be better for you because you would be amazing. People yeah. would want to buy those harvest bouquets. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so that for us in Calgary, that those shoulder seasons are are hard because scary. some they're scary. Yeah, because sometimes we don't get them. Yeah, at all. Yeah, <laughs> uh, summer is pretty good. You know, we're prone to hail where I live. So hail is a concern during the summer. So you're often out there literally taking off your nightshirt and throwing it over your precious whatever yeah. and running back in. Wow. You don't have any structures that you're growing. I do in. not. Okay. Nope. Yeah. So everything you have is field grown. Yes. But you're, it sounds like you really are a florist first and a farmer second. Like or, For or sure. You, and I don't okay. even, cause I, cause I call myself a gardener florist. Uh-huh. So I will grow specific things for a bride or a groom if they, you know, if we have enough notice and they're like, you know, I really, really was hoping for this color mm-hmm. sweet pea mm-hmm. and I'm getting married during a time when I can deliver, right. hopefully deliver that. I'll grow those, right? 
if it's a pale pink yeah. or a... If you have, if you can plan it into your... Yes, yeah, yeah. You have space for that. I do. I 100% have space for okay. that. And so uh, what? where are you sourcing other than that? Uh, so then from other local growers in Alberta, there's okay. some that I wish I could get my hands on from up northern Alberta. I would love to get my hands on Heather's blooms from Boreal Blooms because she grows amazing stuff, but I can't. She's not in a situation to transport. No, to ship. No, yeah. no. So I will uh, seek out other growers. Um, I use my friends' yards. As I say, you're probably persuading a lot of people Well, to... and I have lots of really good gardener friends mm-hmm. who have, for example, terrific hops. My friend Merle grows amazing hops. And so she's like... Don't you bother growing hops. You can come and pick mine, right? What a gift. Right. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's nice, right? Yeah. That part. And then from uh, growers in BC. Okay. Right. Who ship all over. And I is, mean, you is can. Is there a your... wholesaler in yes. that, that will, will stock BC grown products? Yeah. yeah. The, and we have three. Three huge wholesalers in, wow. right? In wow. around like UFG, where you and I were yeah. last year, and then Pacific Coast Wholesale and West Coast. So. Does UFG have a Calgary branch, or they're no, shipping? They're shipping ship from there. So, okay. but it comes uh, driven. To oh, us, right. right. It's about an eight, like nine, ten hour drive. Yeah, but yeah. it's in pretty. It's pretty, pretty fresh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a good pipeline. Yeah. Um, I remember we had a brief conversation mm-hmm. about your um, desire to um, repopularize or continue raising awareness about the season extension dried flowers. And yes. You're doing quite a bit of that. Right? I'm trying to. And so I'm this year I was sort of fairly mindful about adding more stuff to what I'm growing that I can dry. Mm. Um, and so I think that's really important mm-hmm. if you're living in a rougher climate. Mm. You mean like use it when it's fresh, but if, if you don't sell I, it, I can dry, dry it. it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so I do have a big setup in my garage where I have like racks of dried stuff that then, you know, I can use in winter wreaths. I can yeah. add to bouquets. If I'm doing a wedding in November, there'll be lots of beautiful dried bits yeah. in there. Right. And, and are the, what's the, what's the customer response to that? Are people great? I think people cool, think or? it's cool. Yeah. You know, and I think that there's a little bit of a movement. Like there's a hashtag, isn't it crispy dead bits <laughs> that goes along with flowers and cute. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's sort of like a little bit on trend, right? Like those mm-hmm. lichen covered branches mm-hmm. are like, people are like, Oh my God, where'd you get that? And mm-hmm. you're like, well, on the floor of the forest. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I think it's also a little bit trendy. I feel like it's also your personality and how you choose to spin it. If you make For it sure. exciting yes. and say, isn't this cool? Yes. A, a non-flower person, what do they know? They're like, no. oh, oh, yeah, it is cool. For sure. And yeah. it's, and, and is, and you know, this adds texture, this adds movement, this adds more sustainability, yeah. more local, whatever. Yeah, it has a good so, story. Yeah, I think it's, and I think the dried flowers are seeing sort of a renaissance. It's not your grandma's dried flowers anymore. Like they're, they're more artfully done I'm right? also, I saw this installation at um, the Philadelphia Flower and Garden Show with Slow Flowers member who's, who just entered a floral arrangement uh, in a display and she combined fresh and dry yeah. in a way I had never seen before. Yeah. And the dry stuff, she even, some of it she painted, so it wasn't even a natural color. It was very artsy. Yeah. I liked it. And yeah. I'll have to send you a picture of it. Yeah. It's it was, cool, right? Yeah, like I just think. It's more about form than, yes, than yeah. a specific variety. For sure. Yeah. So you've mentioned so much about the sustainable community mm-hmm. that you're kind of helping create in mm-hmm. Calgary. I mean, obviously you had you had a sustainable drive when you were doing healing gardens, and that's yeah, clearly for sure. part yeah. of that mandate. Yeah, and you've carried it into Prairie Girl. Yeah, um, and I get the sense that you're kind of a rabble rouser. I am. Yes, okay. I know. Yes, but sometimes. Well, 
<laughs> perhaps. So tell me what, like, what stuff are you doing? And well, I, I certainly post a lot of information about foam on mm-hmm. my um, Instagram and, and social media. And I don't always, um, how to say it, I'm pretty aggressive in, mm-hmm. in, in my your opinions, in my opinions mm-hmm. and, and sort of the, the stance I take on the whole thing. I'm learning to maybe, as Toby said, dip your porch, your pitchfork in a little bit of honey. I know. She said that <laughs> so, to me too. So That's I thought, cute. okay, right. I should do that. Well, it's so interesting because I learned early on when mm-hmm. I was talking about local flowers, um, I didn't, I did get a little bit on my soapbox and kind of right, pre- for sure. preach a little bit. Yeah. Uh, anti-imports and all of that. Yeah. And I've learned to pivot away from that and to be more about lead with beauty, lead with the, yeah. be pro local flowers um, and so you're just pro sustainable mechanics. Totally. And, and when yes. you can put it, put it to people that way, yes. maybe they, they become less defensive. I don't know. I think so. And so I think I've encountered a fair bit of that, that sort of defensive where people are like, oh, you know, you're a bit of a bully about this or you're, and I'm like, well, I'm not you mean really. like other professionals? Yes. Okay. And I'm like, well, not really. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, if you're stating facts, I don't know how it can mm, be bullied. No. And that's the thing is you can't argue with the fact that foam is a single use plastic. Mm-hmm. Like that is a fact. That is not mm-hmm. an opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. and that it's bad for our waterways and that it's bad for landfills. Like, that's just truth, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, so I'm trying to, learning to temper that um, a bit. It's hard for me. I think you're doing it. <laughs> so. I, well, and I think Toby would say this too. You're yeah. doing it. You have to demonstrate to people how they can live without foam because yes. they don't think they can. No, it's to- they, they totally don't think they can. Yeah. And I've had people message me and say, you know, you don't understand I can't do my wedding florals without foam. And and I think to myself, no, I do understand. Because I do weddings too. Right. Yeah. And and I, there are mechanics for that that you could do. And, and then the next thing is, well, but it takes more time. I would need more staff, whatever. And I'm like, but do you? Mm-hmm. Do you? Like, mm-hmm. I, I wonder. Yeah. I'm not sure you do. Yeah, do some kind of time. Yeah, like time lapse. Exactly. An analysis. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that it's, and I think it's also hard to change. If you've been building floral installations or centerpieces or whatever like that for 20 years, it's really hard. Yeah. You got it on autopilot then. Oh, a hundred percent. And you're like, this stuff is lightweight. I throw a box of it in the back of my van. Off I go. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. And watching the, the, what, what we're referring to listeners is that, uh, the, the Whidbey flower workshop this year was very much on sustainable mechanics. Yes. Foam free mechanics. Yeah. And watching the group of designers, uh, and you, I think I would say you were kind of there as an alumni. So you were kind of, you know, helping Toby a little bit more. Well, or were you jumping? No, I was jumping. I mean, I was just there thinking, I need, I need more. I need okay. more, right? And then there's still so much I need to learn, right? Well, there were probably what, seven or eight different mechanic methods. Uh, oh, my God. At that least. People were like it was crazy. And you're just like, wait a minute, we can do all of this. You can do an elevated centerpiece, no problem. Free. All of it. Any of it, right? It's just, yeah. Well, I I felt like there was a lot of complete enthusiasm and and people were super excited because it was freeing. Oh, it was, and you were just like, wait a minute, this isn't hard. Mm. And And not more cost costly no it's fact, not like chicken wire to, is not expensive you just go to the hardware store and- you're 100 percent going to the hardware store and it's just not hard mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and and so i think it, it was amazing i mean that whole room was filled with flowers 
And I bet you when they're taking it down today, they'll have a handful of garbage. Yeah. Like a, an actual physical handful. Or stuff that can be recycled. They'll have tons that are recycled, yeah. tons that go in compost, and the, the actual black bin waste will, will be, be a small fit in your hand. That's interesting. Right? Which is one of my objectives. Every time I do a wedding, I want to fill the compost or reuse those flowers and drop them off at senior centers. Like if they are long enough, all that, I do all that. So I find places to donate them. Yeah. That's then new. everything, you know, what can get recycled all gets recycled. And my objective is to hold out my two hands and the only waste I've generated will fit in there. Wow. And do you tell, communicate this to yes. your clients? Yeah, I do. And do they, do they, they love like it? it? They, they love it. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, oh, you know, I didn't know that that's what would happen, but I love that. They love that I'll take the time to drop the flowers off at a senior's home or, Wherever. Find a new home. Yeah. Find a new home for them. After yeah. life for it. Exactly. I just read somewhere, or maybe you posted this. Somebody mm-hmm. just posted that the average um, uh, garbage or waste from a wedding, uh, this is on, on average, is mm-hmm. 400 pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's outrageous. Yeah. It's gross. It must be the food as well as. It's I, not just flowers. Be food. There must. And also like. Packaging. Y- pa- yeah. Packaging. If they have, you know, plastic cutlery or plates right, or like right, a snack right. Or, right? Think of it. Right. It's gross. And But then I also wonder how much of that actually needed to be waste and how much of it just wasn't, say, separated Se- right. into recyclables. And if people were just that. in a hurry because yeah, they had just one like hour chuck to break it down. Right. Yeah. So there's that piece too, right? <clears throat> right. So you have, to plan, uh, you have to plan for the breakdown. Yeah. And kind of create your systems for where everything's getting separated. That's and right. Where it goes. Yeah. Um, and what is the prairie girl aesthetic? I want to talk about design now. For sure. Yeah. It's very sort of garden style. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, loose, whimsical. Yeah. See, yeah. It was stunning, the arrangement you made yesterday. Oh, thanks. Oh, or maybe it was two days ago. Yeah. yeah. And so lots of things that I like to see in the garden, right? And, and, and movement there. Yeah. Then I like to incorporate all that. I call that the five-step bouquet. Yo, you do. Because it's just out your back door. Oh, yeah. Right? Fine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, no 50. No, no 50. No, no, yeah, it's just right yeah. there. Yeah. It's nice, right? It is. Yeah. And I also think when you can tell, I'm sure your clients are just like, oh my God, you grew this? Like, they, Yeah. They, yeah. They're just enchanted by that. Yes. And I think more and more people are, are thinking that's amazing. And I think, you know, I grew up with lots of friends gardening, right? I mean, I'll be 47 this year. Lots of people I know mm-hmm. garden. Lots of my brides getting married are like, yeah, I don't know, you don't know where to start. I, yeah. I want to. Maybe my grandmother garden, but right. it's yeah. not so I, But I think that there's, people appreciate it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, And absolutely. I think they value it. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, FYI, the flowers I grow aren't free. Yes. Like that's, that doesn't make your bouquet cheaper. Right. That's right. the other piece, right? Like there's value in those because I, you know, curated that collection. I grew it. I watered it. I tended it. I deadheaded it. I pinched it out. Like, right? There's tons of stuff that goes into it. And if, if there's so the lack of understanding yeah. of that a life cycle of flowers, yes. Also, uh, it's important to share it because then yeah. people will value the right. fact that it's a couture product and right. not. Yeah, it's not just stuff you picked out of the side of the road, right? Right, right. Um, so, yeah, is that been something that you've just had to? develop in terms of your pricing structure? Yeah. I mean, it's easy. It's easy for me because I, I'm, I get the wholesale list. So I know what a wholesale, the wholesale price of a Dahlia is from BC. So then that is 
kind of comparable. to me what mine is worth yeah. then, right? Yeah. Like what the market will pay. Right. Yeah. And so that's and so that's an easy way for me to value each one. Point to point to that. Yeah. yeah that's some a of good my point. more specialty stuff, different perennials that you can't get anywhere else, then I just, you know. You have some guide. Yeah, I have yeah. It's not it's it's easier. But then I think that that's I've been working with some flower farmers in Alberta and and sort of saying to them like Let's figure out what your stems are worth because mm-hmm. I think you've devalued them. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, lucky, they're lucky to have you. Which is not great for them, but then that's also not great for florists. Right. Right? Like if 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 they're like, somebody says, well, I, I found this bouquet at a farmer's market. It's $10. How come? Yours is 150 <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right, Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so we have to value valuables. I also feel like um I've I've always appreciated florists who say I share my farm sources with other florists. Mm-hmm. Uh yes, I'm sharing with a competitor, but I need my farmer to stay in business. Oh, totally. And if they don't have other people to sell to, no. then they're not going to have flowers for me. And I, no. I really appreciate that thinking. Oh, too. for sure. <clears throat> um and it seems like you're you're creating a community of of uh, well, a new slow flowers minded community in uh in your you know, part mm-hmm. of Canada yeah. and beyond. Yeah. Because you, you know, you come to Washington State, you go to BC, so yeah. you're kind of making this mega region of, yes. of mindfulness. Yeah, and I just think, I don't know, I just think it's the way of the future. Yeah. I, I do think that we have to start thinking about where we're bringing everything in our life in from, yeah. right? And I'm not going to ask you to speak on behalf of all of Canada, no. but I... Um, <laughs> oh, really? I, do- <laughs> I feel like Canada might not like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, Western Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Canada would be like, she is not our voice. Yeah. But I always sense that Canada, like I think about the EU, yeah. like there, I always sense that there's a little bit more of a sustainable mindset or questions are asked a little bit m- m- earlier in the conversation than in the United States of America. And I could be wrong. Uh, well, I think like, we certainly have regional issues as well, right? I mean, when I go to San Francisco, when I come to Seattle, I feel like you guys are ahead of us. Interesting. Right? So it just depends on So I think it depends. Yeah. yeah, I mean in Calgary we're we're doing great. We do have green bin like citywide pickup mm-hmm. every week. Right. For like yard waste and for stuff. For yard waste, yeah. for all food your waste. food waste. Yep. Food That's waste. Progressive. I'm pretty sure they do diapers now. Wow. I'm pretty sure. No so, way. So yeah, so there's like all your meat waste, like everything can go in there. So it's that's good. Yeah. Um, there's lots of communities that don't have that. Yeah, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen that. Well, two years ago, we didn't have it. Wow. In okay. Calgary, right? Okay. So um, you had to compost your own. So your timing is perfect for creating I think so, a sustainable yeah. floral business. In, right, yeah. In that, in that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. So what are you cooking up for the future? I know you've got well, some good stuff coming I do, up later yeah. So I'm, so I'm really, you know, I'm, I, I do actually spend some quiet time where I take <laughs> notes and really reflect on what's important to me and how I want yeah. my business to go. So. I'm thinking about more sustainable sort of stuff around the truck. Where can I go? Can I go to the hospital, mm-hmm. right? Can I have wheelchair accessible mm-hmm. areas, right? So all that whole piece to me is really important. And then giving back to those communities. So figuring out what percentage of my, my profit will then go back to fund something important for that group, right? For a partner or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, or a host. Yeah, and just, right? So that sort of piece of that community sustainability mm-hmm. bit is important to me. Um, getting to work a lot more with local farmers and helping them establish good pricing mechanics and stuff for their products. And then to host a big workshop in Calgary, which right now is tentatively scheduled for September uh, 16th and 17th of this year, awesome. which will be the Sustainable Flowers Workshop. Wow, that's so, awesome. So yeah, Toby is coming up to us for that. 
Um, right now we're hoping to build a big public installation. Wonderful. That's no foam with posters and information so that people see it and not only appreciate the beauty, but then read about it and get them thinking. Right. Because and that's the one. will probably follow that then too. I think so. So then okay. we want to get, yeah, lots of like information out there. Yeah. Get the press involved, get, you know, communities saying, yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Maybe a senior's home will take a trip to this and then come and look oh, at like, like, like an so, art installation. That's what I mean. Yeah. Totally like an art installation yeah. and have it up and, and really educate people. Because I think all the beautiful foam free installations in the world, if you don't have information for Joe public there, people right. don't know. Right. People have no idea about foam. Right. right? So it's and just so, a pretty thing that they can see. They can't see the mechanics necessarily. Exactly. Anyway, right? And I'm, I might even be inclined to leave a, bit, a few bare spots in the mechanics so that people can actually get in there and look and go, I oh, right. Like, so break it down into this cool, yeah, art but, piece. Yeah. But that also provides tons of information and maybe some references for people to, you know, go home with and go, I'm going to look this up now. I'm going to look up slow flowers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to understand what that means, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look up sustainable flower practices. I'm going to look, try to understand compost versus biodegradation, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend some time thinking about all this. It seems like this, I don't know how you're structuring the workshop, mm-hmm. but it seems like you have two audiences. You have your students who are probably going to be other professional yep. farmer florists or florists yep. who want to up their skills. Right. And then you have the public components. So yes. It's kind of, it's a great win-win. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. And I think it's it's just, I mean, why not have everybody enjoy the beauty that right. you made if you can, right? Right, right. And we're hoping to have a day two symposium that will be um, conscious branding experts Right, all kinds of people there that can sort of speak to the bigger picture of sustainability. Which is you're plugged into that business community in yes, yeah. Calgary of people yeah. in other green facets, right? right? Exactly. Okay. I mean, we have a plastic-free YYC, right? That it advocates for no more straws in restaurants, mm, all these sorts of things, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, tapping into all those people and and really looking at sustainable flowers, yeah, right, and how that how that all fits together. Instead of waiting to be invited to have a seat at the table, you're just setting the table and inviting everyone to your thing. I love that. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, I'm going to wait. No, no. Well, why wait? Right. Life is short. And, and, and that's one of the, the things I learned from Toby was first of all, create it and they will come Mm -hmm. hopefully fingers crossed and also be create what you want to see. Yeah. Right. Like, so I really want the public to see some of this stuff. So then I'll just make that. Yes. Yes. I think that is so, it's so, um, in line with our other gurus and mentors who like, I would say Susan McCleary has said, design the kind of, uh, pieces that you want to have clients buy and have them beautifully photographed and put them out in the And then it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. Totally. But I do love your idea of showing the mechanics, Mm -hmm. uh, like peeling back the curtain. The layers a bit. Yeah, Yeah, right. I don't think that anyone has a clue what goes into it. Because if you cover it up fully, then people will be like, I still don't get it. Right? I feel like that I see that with like a whole lot of Hollywood openings for these floral walls that you have maybe a brand uh, name on it, like, you know, whatever, Gucci or something. And then you're standing in front of it and I'm thinking... That's so beautiful, but there is like a, a solid wall of foam behind so, it. R- there must be, is yeah, what I think. Right. But if there wasn't, I'd want to know that too. Well, totally. Yeah. I want to know how, how did they tube yeah. every flower. Yeah. 
Yeah, what so, do they do? And right, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you, and yeah. I want to. I'm bummed that I can't come. I know, but, but we'll get you. We'll yeah. we'll keep this going, right? I know. We're gonna, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Um, what what? How can people get more information about that workshop? You'll have it posted later. I'll have it posted. Yeah, I'll post about it on my Instagram page, which is at Prairie Girl Flowers. I'll have it on my website. Yeah, PrairieGirlFlowers.com. Um, yeah, and we'll just keep spreading Good. the word, right? Good. And um, we'll be sure to put have some photos of you and your flower truck <laughs> sure, and your flowers sure, yes, yeah. uh, in our show notes uh, for today's episode at DebraPrinzing.com and also um, your, your social places so people can okay. find you. Awesome. I did fail to ask about the origins of Prairie Girls, so I think yeah. I, I think I can guess, but I want to well, know. Well, so I'm not a Prairie Girl. I, I grew up in Ontario, okay. in London, Ontario, outside of Toronto. So kind of an urban girl. Yeah, urban-ish, right? Uh-huh. For sure. Yeah, I mean, suburban. London's not quite as. I'm, yes, suburban I'm a suburban girl. girl. Doesn't sound oh, very not, exciting. It doesn't sound, no, it sounds really awful. Um, no, it, I love no, no. suburban girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, then uh, you know, I've traveled all over for university and stuff, and then we settled in Calgary um, in '98. Okay, 1998. After your New York stint? No, a, a pre-New York stint. Oh, okay. Um, and so. So I loved it there and yeah. I'm like, this is now my home and, and I wanted something that seemed sort of accessible. The name Prairie Girl Flowers it seems, is. I had a good friend of mine say, oh, do you want to call yourself a girl? I'm like, well, yeah. Prairie Woman Flowers doesn't quite have the right. same ring that I'm. I think Prairie does have, it's like meadow. It has a very yeah. comfortable, accessible I think so, feeling right? as a word. And I love the prairies. The prairies have been very good to me. I've raised my kids here, there. So the prairies I've, of the province are kind of Alberta, the, uh, obviously, the terrain. For sure. Okay. And go through Saskatchewan and Manitoba, oh, wow. right? I mean, the and they're beautiful. Big sky. Wow. Right? So I love them. It says place without being super specific. Totally. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And yeah, girl versus woman. Yeah. Yeah. Gal, like, I don't know. There's a lot of businesses with girl in it. And I think we accept that it's, it's a fierce, you know, girl boss. Well, and also like, if you get to know me, you'll realize (laughs) I'm no girl. (laughs) I'm certainly not a lady. So (laughs) people look around and wonder where she is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So who is a prairie girl? I'm all you're looking at. But it's so funny. I was so focused on the word prairie. I wasn't thinking about the other part. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, um, I want people to find you on the map and, uh, I think they'll find you through this podcast and they haven't found you yet. And I look forward to doing fun things with you. Yeah. Me too. Always. Thanks for your support. Oh yeah. You're our little fairy godmother. (laughs) Yeah. It's easy to support you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thanks Deborah. Thanks so much for joining my conversation with Becky as she shared more about her business and what's happening in Calgary. I'm encouraged by the individual voices and passionate support of sustainable values that we're able to share with listeners of this podcast. And you can visit DebraPrinzing.com for episode 400 to see photos of Becky, her flowers, and her adorable flower truck. Our next sponsor spotlight today shines a light on the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. 
As I mentioned at the top of the show, our 50 States of Slow Flowers series makes a stop this week in the state of Kentucky with our featured guest, Jessica Broyles of Starry Fields Farm in Bowling Green. Jessica and her husband, Ryan, share this on their website. Here at Starry Fields Farm, we are captivated by the beauty of flowers. We believe that flowers have a transforming power that changes and connects people in a way that nothing else can. Flowers often communicate what words cannot, feelings of comfort, love, and appreciation. When flowers are grown locally and in harmony with the seasons, they carry a certain vibrancy and energy that is absent from imported flowers. You will immediately notice that our flowers are healthy and long-lasting, and our wide variety of blooms will delight your senses. We invite you to join us in experiencing the magic of fresh-cut flowers. So let's jump right in so you can meet Slow Flowers member Jessica Broyles and hear her story. Well, hey, I'm so excited today to talk about Kentucky, and our special guest is Jessica Broyles, owner of Starry Fields Farm in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Deborah. Hey, thanks for being part of our 50 States of Slow Flowers series. I'm putting a lot of pressure on you representing an entire state, but uh, that's okay. We'll, ah. talk, we'll talk about you. Tell us about, um, yeah, yeah tell, tell us what Starry Fields Farm is all about. Well, Starryville's farm is our home and our farm. We have 20 acres, and we're located just outside of Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is about an hour north of Nashville. So a really, really fantastic location. And we have about three acres of pasture, which we have had goats on. Um, Right now, we're actually transitioning to pigs and sheep, and those are mostly just for our family. We do Mm -hmm. some homesteading, Mm -hmm. uh, and then we grow flowers on about two-thirds of an acre. Wow. So uh, you you said that you're north of Nashville, so do you feel like you kind of have uh, two markets, Bowling Green and Nashville, or or is that future? Yeah, I'm actually working on expanding more to Nashville. I've done some photo shoots there with some different photographers and some wedding venues and things like that. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely part of my market. That's kind of cool to have sort of to be on the, I don't know, on the, not on the border per se, but close enough to another major market that you yeah. maybe have potential to grow that way. Absolutely. So when did you start the farm? You said that you told me before we started recording that you, you guys have only had this property for three years. That's right. Yeah. And we bought it mostly with the thought of homesteading. Hmm. Uh, and then... After about living there a year, I was kind of feeling a little bit restless um, with wanting a job. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, lived there a year, and I was kind of trying to think about what I wanted to do and maybe something on the farm. And it coincided with uh, Aaron's book, Cut Flower Garden, coming out. And uh, I got that book. I read it in like a day, and <laughs> I looked at my husband and I said, "This woman is crazy." <laughs> crazy. What's she doing? Um, but I could not, I could not put her book down. I kept mm. picking it up. And after about two weeks, I looked at my husband again. <laughs> I said, I think I want to do this on our farm. Well, Which I, he, you know, looked at me and said, now you're crazy. <laughs> but I mean, the, the uh, honestly, I just, honestly, I background. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, you've, you had overcome the largest hurdle for anyone wanting to get into the slow flowers world. And that is access to land. So you, you kind of were ahead of the game. I think, I think that's a positive. It's it's very true. And we were, it's beautiful land. It's really, it's on, the whole thing is on a slope down to a Creek. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So I ended up taking Aaron's online workshop Mm -hmm. 
a year and a half ago. And it just really gave me so much confidence, just so much great information there. And I was like, let's do this. So, wow. And I saw from your, uh, so you and I have only met virtually, but I saw from your beautiful website that you have, uh, three children and, um, that probably takes up a lot of your time. How does, how does your family get involved or is this a Jessica mom thing only? No, no, it's definitely a family thing. Uh, my husband does a ton of work behind the scenes. And his name, and is, what is his children, name? His name is Ryan. Ryan, okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Got to give Ryan some yeah, credit, uh, right? <laughs> absolutely, yes, absolutely. He's my biggest encourager and supporter, for sure. Uh, but yeah, we have three children, um, 10 and 7 and 5, and... It's nice to work at home so that I can also be hands-on with them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can get them out there to help me. Sometimes not. (laughs) Depends on their mood. My oldest daughter loves dahlias. So if I'm doing something with dahlias, she's there. Oh, that's Um, neat. Wow. Yeah. So is this, are we starting, you starting your second season or your third season? This is our second big season. Uh, My first season, really, I was just growing flowers for a friend's wedding. Mm -hmm. She knew I was kind of thinking about this and she put tremendous faith in me and said, Hey, I want you to grow and arrange all the flowers for my wedding, which was really, oh. really sweet. And I was like, wow. Oh, okay, let me try. And it was, it was a good trial for me because I thought, well, okay, if I hate this, if it's too hard, I've just done it this one time. And okay, that was a good experiment, but I loved it and I could do it well. And I thought, all right, this is, I'm ready to get serious about this. So give us a snapshot of, of your, like, services and sort of categories that you're um, offering the public now. So I guess back, backing up, I should say, it sounds like you define yourself as a farmer florist. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we sell market bouquets at the local, one of the local farmers markets. That's probably our most consistent um, offering. And we, with that, we offer bouquet subscriptions or CSA, which the spring uh, season right now is our first offering of that. And Mm -hmm. it has been really successful and well-received and people are already signing up for the summer one and the fall ones really quickly. So we do that. Let me stop you right there. So you are basically building your subscription uh, product line by season, it sounds like, with three distinct seasons. That's really creative. I like that idea. Yeah, I like it too. That way it can keep the price lower if someone only wants to experiment with it. But honestly, almost everyone who signed up for the spring also then signed up for summer and fall. So that's mm-hmm. good. They're mm-hmm. happy with what they're getting. Do you mind telling us how you're charging for that, Jessica? Sure. We charge per eight weeks. Okay. So like our summer subscription, um, they pay one price and then it goes for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is the price different from season to season or do you try to keep that consistent too? Well, our spring price was lower because we were beginning mm-hmm. uh, and we've increased the summer price. The fall will probably stay the same, but next year, because of such high interest, I'll probably increase the price. But I try to keep whoever has my subscription, I make their bouquet a little bit bigger mm-hmm. than the market bouquets mm-hmm. that we're selling for the same price because they have invested in mm. our farm. So. Oh, that's neat. What's the, what's also, the, what is the eight-week uh, subscription price roughly for, for spring or summer? For summer this year, it's $80. Okay. Wow. They are Which getting is a bargain. freaking, yeah, you need to double that next year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it will. It will increase. For but sure. it sounds like it sounds like you're 
your approach is, look, I'm going to, I have these flowers anyway. I'd like to have them in people's hands who could be potentially larger customers down the road. Absolutely. Wow. That's neat. Yeah. Okay. So you said you had the farmer's market, the, the CSA program, which I had to stop and ask you about. And then what are your other kind of other key uh, categories? Weddings. We offer the DIY buckets for brides. So if they are interested in creating their own florals for their wedding, they can just purchase buckets of flowers mm-hmm. from us. And we try to accommodate them with what their color scheme is, mm-hmm. although we don't promise any specific flowers because we're a farm. Yeah. And then also we do um, the a la carte model for wedding services. Mm-hmm. I occasionally do an install, but with having three kids and the farm, full installs are a lot of work and time, and I just don't have time to do it that often. So you'd rather so maybe just... Two or three. Yeah, or just do like the personals and they pick them up from you, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like also um, when I was poking around on your website that you're planning to offer some workshops this year. Yes, I am so excited about these. Oh, my goodness. Um, we have this great venue on our farm, which is our greenhouse. And this week, actually, we're offering our first floral arranging class. And I offered some classes last year at some different venues in town, but I'm so excited to be having people onto our farm and show them right where the flowers are grown and just have that whole experience with people. I'm really excited. Oh, well, and then in, um, yeah. And then in June, we're going to do a yoga on the flower farm event as well. Oh, so wonderful. Oh, wonderful. So, um, this greenhouse you alluded to, it's not your ordinary kind of plastic structure or even com- right. commercial structure. This is like beautiful piece of architecture. And I saw the photos and I, I told you before we started recording how much I loved it. Describe what it is to people so they can imagine it and maybe see the photos that we'll share in today's show notes. Definitely. Um, well, it is a structure that's 24 feet by 36 feet, so it's fairly large. Mm-hmm. And my husband built it like a pole barn was how he did the base of the structure. So the posts are sunk in concrete and it has trusses on top. And then we used all reclaimed windows to fill it in like a giant puzzle, which took a long time, but <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, it has this... the roofing is plastic. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I cut you off. The roofing is plastic, so it could bear yeah. the weight of, I don't right. know. Do you get some snow in Kentucky? No. Yeah, we get some snow. So, uh, Jessica, it is so charming and has so much character, and it is going to become kind of a iconic part of your photography and your marketing and your events. I think that was brilliant. What gave you the idea to, to do something kind of uh, unique to the materials? Well, honestly, it was my best friend and photographer. She does all of my photography. She was on our property and we were thinking of building a barn. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, I think a greenhouse here would be really cool. And my husband had always wanted to build one of these greenhouses, probably not this big, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but when he, he heard her saying that he was like, Oh, let's, let's go for it. And everything we read said, build the biggest greenhouse you can, because you'll never be sorry that you built a big greenhouse. Right. Right. Um, and it's true. We fill it up with seedlings and then now we can have all of our classes in there and it's, it's magical. inside. Wow. Oh, that's great. So what's your workshop that you're doing this weekend? Is this a spring floral arranging or? 
It is. It is spring flow arranging. Yep. So we'll have um, all of our ranunculus and snapdragons and poppies and things. And uh, I have a group of women coming who are interested in learning kind of the garden style flower arranging. And it was kind of a really relaxing evening. Oh, my gosh. Well, good luck with that. That is so, it'll be really fun to follow along. And, and maybe you'll be posting some of those uh, workshop classes on your, uh, on your Instagram feed so I can see them. Definitely. So you mentioned that you discovered that you were uh, kind of good at design, which I think you are. Your work is beautiful. Uh, how did you fall into that? What's your background that led you to this point in life? Well, I've done a lot of different things, Deborah. <laughs> like all of us. <laughs> I'm one of those people that, yeah, I'm interested in a lot of things, so I keep learning. Um, with floral design, I, I've always had kind of an artsy side mm -hmm. in, in a lot of different things, musically, and um, my sister is an art major, so I naturally just did some art with her and things like that. And when I was thinking about doing that wedding that first year, Right. I thought, okay, I need I need to get some some education on this and actual education. And that website, Creative Live, I don't know if you've ever uh -huh. been on there. Yeah, I, I don't use yeah, it, but one uh, of my friends really swears by it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kiana Underwood of Tulipina, she has classes on there. That's right. And I just started watching her classes on there. And um I really her design style just really resonated with me. And I just started practicing and practicing and practicing. So. Wow. And honestly, uh, I feel like when you're working with flowers you've grown yourself, you have a different relationship with that design process because you're pretty confident about the material and you must be more that relaxed. So that is so true. It's totally different than mm. designing with any other flowers. Mm -hmm. It just is. That's neat. Well, would you share some photos of your designs uh, that I can also include in our show notes? I want people to see your beautiful work Absolutely. and... Thanks. Yeah, and I'm just impressed that you've done all of this in less than two years. So best <laughs> wishes to you. This, you have nowhere to go but up. It's exciting. I hope so. I'm very excited. Things are really moving along here. It seems that the hunger for local flowers in this area is just escalating. I, I It's shocking to me how fast it's growing. So that's really exciting. Well, that's what I wanted to close with and ask you about. Um, the Is your... Are you considered uh, like a small city or like what, what is your market like in, in the whole, you know, landscape of, of Kentucky? Uh, I feel like, is there yeah. a university in Bowling Green? Yes. Um, Western Kentucky University is okay. in Bowling Green. So it's a rapidly growing town, actually. Hmm. Uh, and the market here, there's a lot of education like mm -hmm. anywhere because mm -hmm. there's not really any flower farms. And I think sometimes when I tell people that I have a flower farm, they think like, oh, that's sweet. She has a little garden. You know? mm -hmm. Right. I'm like, no, it's not a garden. I'm taking this it's seriously, people. <laughs> right. Right. But the more they see the products that we're producing, it's really the response at the farmer's market from last year to this year has been leaps and bounds different. I almost didn't do the farmer's market again this year because I felt kind of discouraged and I felt like people didn't, they didn't respect what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way towards them. They just, it's yeah. an education thing. It takes right. a while. Right. So, but this year really, I've had so much support. So I feel really encouraged by that. And I had a girl come tell me the other day that she, she lives about 30 miles away from me and she is going to start a flower farm. And I was mm. like, yes, go mm. for it. We need, 
is there such a need here mm. for that? So. That's so neat. And it, I'm sure that it is, and I've talked about this with many people, that it kind of is this uh, trailing concept behind slow food and behind the local agriculture and the farm-to-table restaurant scene. And I'm sure there's some of that. I would guess that there's some of that in Kentucky. You have a badge on your website that talks something about Kentucky pride. Is that part of that movement in the state? Yeah. yeah. Kentucky is a really strong supporter of agriculture. And they have this program, Kentucky Proud, and also oh, Proud. Homegrown by Heroes, which is for veterans, which oh. my husband is a veteran. Oh, are you in the Homegrown so, by Heroes program? Yeah, we oh, are. Oh, excellent. Oh, you're the second person I've met this spring who's part of that. Oh. Okay, so Kentucky Proud and not Kentucky Pride. I said that wrong. Sure. Kentucky Proud and then Homegrown by Heroes. So these are um, organizations that promote uh, agriculture, local agriculture anyway, right? Absolutely. Very cool. Well, I'm excited to, to see what you do this year. It's, you've got a lot on your plate. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> Drinking a lot of coffee. <laughs> well, anything else you want to mention before we sign off? Uh, I don't think so. I just, I'm really grateful to chat with you and chat about flowers. They're really important. They're so important. Oh, I agree completely. And you're beautifying your community and you're uh, creating, yep. a, a, you know, an entrepreneurial opportunity for your kids to see mom as a business owner. I mean, yeah. I think that is a hugely impactful and especially that you've got your oldest daughter hooked on dahlias. You've already accomplished yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're funny. They definitely think I'm famous because I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, good. Maybe they'll, <laughs> good. Maybe they'll make their beds tomorrow for you. <laughs> yeah. I really should, you know, really try and play that up. <laughs> I love it. Well, listen, thank you so much. I hope we meet in person sometime, sometime this year or next. Okay. And um, I'm excited for everyone to meet you and get, get a sense of what's happening in, uh, in the Kentucky region. I don't even know what to call the region. It's not really Southeast, is it? No, it's yeah. Just the South, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's kind of right in the, right in the middle there. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Have a great workshop this weekend, and I'm excited to show some photos of your your groovy greenhouse. It'll it'll make people a little bit envious, or maybe give them some <laughs> give them some leverage with their own partners to build something like that. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Good luck with that. All right. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks, I'm so pleased to share the stories and voices of people like Becky and Jessica, and I'm continually inspired by the incredible people who are making our world a better place through flowers and farming. As I seek new and inspiring voices, people with passion, heart, commitment, and expertise to share with you, it's my wish that today's episode gives you at least one inspiring insight or tip to apply to your floral enterprise. What you gain will be multiplied as you pay it forward and help someone else. 
Hey, the clock is ticking, folks, and I'm eager for you to take advantage of the special ticket promotion for attendees of the upcoming Slow Flower Summit, which takes place less than two months from now, actually on July 1st and 2nd in St. Paul, Minnesota. One of the top reasons our attendees love the Slow Flower Summit is the opportunity to mix and mingle with other kindred spirits. So we want to make it easy for you to experience the summit and bring along your BFF, partner, colleague, or team member with our plus one ticket promotion. For a limited time through May 15th only, when you register for the Slow Flower Summit, you can add a guest for $275. This applies to anyone who has already registered as well as to new ticket buyers. We'll meet you in St. Paul, Minnesota, aka the Twin Cities, on July 1st and 2nd for the best and most inspiring floral mind meld around. Join an amazing community of progressive designers, farmer florists, flower farmers, and leaders in the sustainable floral marketplace. You can find the Plus One promotion by following the register link at slowflowersummit.com. Truly, we have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement as our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry. The momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. Our final sponsor spotlight thanks goes to Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist, including the brand new Holly Chapel line of mechanics and vases. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 458,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, sharing. It means so much. Thank you all. In fact, I have great news. We ended the month of April breaking all records, previous records for the Slow Flowers podcast with more than 21,000 episode downloads. That is an amazing record. And I thank you all for joining us. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.